today's Leading Women episode 275 with the wonderful Kimberly O'Neill. Women all over the world, get ready for inspiring and empowering interviews from women at the top of their field who are kicking butt in their business and who are prepared to share shocking revelations from being in the limelight. You are now listening to Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg. Have a WordPress site or thinking of getting one? Bluehost offers unlimited hosting starting at $4.95 per month. Got your WordPress site hosted somewhere? No worries. Bluehost can help you transfer those domains fast and seamlessly easy. Join me and millions of others who trust Bluehost as our main hosting provider. Sign up today at todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bluehost. Yes, women of the world, let's get started. I am delighted to introduce you our amazing guest for today, Kimberly O'Neill. Kimberly O'Neill is an award-winning leadership coach and charitable giving expert. As the youngest African-American woman to serve as a city manager in the United States, she is now the founder and chief executive officer of The Giving Blueprint, a company with a three-point mission to impact social change through the development of strategic partnerships and growth plans within the nonprofit community. As a veteran government and nonprofit senior executive, she has used her voice to impact policy decisions while lobbying in New York City and on Capitol Hill. In addition to being a sought-after thought leader, strategist, and speaker, Kimberly is a published author who recently contributed to best-selling author Michelle Prince's anthology, Dare to be a Difference Maker, Volume 3. So, women of the world, Miss Kimberly O'Neill, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How are you today? I am doing well, and we are excited and delighted to have you on the show, and I'm sure our listeners are as well. So, Kimberly, I really like what you're doing with your business. You Thank are you. a success in your own right. You put in the effort, the sweat equity, the knowledge and experience to build a special business you call your own. As a result of that, our listeners really want to get to know you, and I want to provide that conduit, you know, that bridge between you and our listeners. So here are some cool questions that we can talk about. Feel free to comment and time about them, but these are just general questions I have in mind. Okay. So let's start with your business. You know, there might be people out there who want to start one and have no clue how to go about it. Can you tell us more about your business and the idea behind the niche? Sure. So I am the founder of The Giving Blueprint, and we are a company that has a three-point focus. Um, Primarily, our goal is to encourage people to give back to the charitable charitable giving community in a more authentic way. And we do that with what we consider the full spectrum of support. And so we work with everyday and um, high-level philanthropists who are looking to place their donor dollars or their time and talent with organizations, and they need some help with identifying how to partner with those organizations. Um, But we also realize that the second part is that the nonprofits that we are trying to serve, some of them are not transparent enough or are not ready to receive certain types of support. And so we work with them to to create uh, larger and more sustainable growth strategies as it relates to programmatic 
financial and administrative areas. And then the last part, which is the third part, which is really my heart's passion, it's it's to train up the next level, the next generation of nonprofit leaders, not necessarily just looking to place young people into positions of internships where they can learn about the opportunities or the different facets of a nonprofit organization, but that we are taking young people and we are actually training them to be executives. We're training them to actually be the decision makers. And so this niche uh, came about, um, honestly, I did not know when I walked away from full-time employment about three and a half years ago, I really didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. The only thing that I knew is that something had to change in my life. And um, so I'm not the typical entrepreneur. I didn't walk away with a business plan. I didn't walk away with this great idea that I couldn't wait to kind of push forward with. All I knew is I wanted to sleep. I wanted to sleep for at least eight weeks, and then I would wake up and figure out the next steps in life. But, you know, as, as, as things would have it, you know, my former boss reached out to me and began to ask questions and invited me to help him from a consulting perspective on one of his for-profit ventures. And um, he is a philanthropist. Um, He is well-known throughout the Washington, D.C. community. And while I was there, the opportunity extended to also help him with his private foundation, which I had worked in before. And that, I think, actually got my wheels turning because I looked at him and said, this is someone that I admire. This is someone that mentors me. This is someone that if more people um, in the public eye could take their time, talent, and or financial resources and use that by lending their brand to nonprofits, imagine how strong some of our nonprofits would be. Imagine the type of visibility some of our nonprofits would be able to have. And honestly, that is how the Giving Blueprint was birthed. It was birthed out of an aha moment that I had, and I realized that there really was a need for that within our charitable giving community. Wow, what a beautiful story, and I love what I hear about your business and how it evolved and came into existence. You touched upon the defining moment, when that, your aha moment, and I'm sure our listeners were curious to hear that one as well. What a beautiful story that one is. Now, your business obviously has a vision to be the market leader in your industry, and that resonates very well with a particular portion of our listeners. However, they would like to know, what was that compelling vision for your business that continues to drive you towards success day in and day out? You know, I think when, we, when, we, when I specifically look at how I measure success for, for my business, the one thing that I promote within my business is the art of collaboration within the charitable giving community. If one organization is doing something well, why should another one who really hasn't tapped into that yet, why should they create and start the wheel over when they, the two organizations can really join forces? And for me, I think the measure of, especially over the past year, year and a half for me, has been taking that same mindset and bringing it into my for-profit business. How do I collaborate with people that have similar interests than I do, than I, um, because there are other people that are nonprofit consultants or do work that benefits the charitable giving community. How do we now take our individual ideas to strengthen the nonprofit community? And here's why that's important to me. When we, when we look at the United States and our workforce and what's important, we often talk about unemployment and things like that. 
but the nonprofit community generates 10% of the jobs in the U.S. workforce. That is a very viable piece of, of, of employment collateral that we need to pay attention to. Unfortunately, the majority of nonprofit organizations don't go beyond bringing in $25,000 in revenue annually. So how do we support the nonprofit community and help them to sustain this 10% um, contribution to the workforce by helping them to increase their revenue potential to be able to serve the various types of people and services that they're trying to impact? And so what's been important to me has been to take my love of charitable giving, look at others who have the same type of work or the same type of work effort and same type of interest, and not just look at them as competitors, but look at them as partners. And together, how can we make a difference? And I think as entrepreneurs, sometimes we have to begin looking at that, not just you know the supply and demand of things, but how do we collaborate with, our, with other people who have like interests that are trying to do the same thing as we do? Clearly, there's going to be competition, and that's going to drive business. But how do we grow business? And sometimes it comes from collaboration. Wow, what a compelling vision that one is. I mean, to provide or to promote the unity and collaboration within the giving community and turning those competitors into partners. What a compelling vision that one is. So for our listeners, there's a big takeaway here with what Kimberly just shared with us to really create that vision for you and for your business that inspires you on a daily basis. It's really important to create that, especially starting out so that you know, what, why are you in business? Where are you going? What's the direction you're going with your business? What is it that motivates you on a daily basis? It's really important being in business. So great that you have shared that once for our listeners to learn from on how this vision um, is being created or how you coined that vision and what inspires you. Now, let's talk about how you prepared for success to turn this vision into a reality. Can you share our listeners what are some of your personality traits or your top three personal qualities that help you become a successful entrepreneur that our listeners can learn from? I think my my biggest asset um, from from my character and personality trait is that I am not easily swayed by what other people think. Um, if it's an idea that I have, I'm probably very stubborn in that way, and it's a good thing that I am able to block out the noise. I often tell people, you know, kind of close your ears and block out the noise. If it's something that you really want, you need to look forward and go after it and, and figure out what you need to make it happen. It doesn't mean that everything is going to be easy, but what it does mean is that you believe in yourself more than anything else and that you're okay with going for it regardless of the sacrifice and the hardships. I think that's the primary thing that has really helped me out. Two, I really think... Um, I, I serve from a place of compassion first, and I really try to understand what people really need from me before I offer what I can give. And, and that's because sometimes we don't really listen to, to serve the people that we're trying to help or provide what it is that our customer really needs. In my, my case, my customer is the nonprofit community or philanthropist, but I think that transcends across anybody's business. When people really need something from you, you really need to understand what that product really needs to be, what it really needs to look like, 
what I think is a really great idea. I came up with this concept for this company. It's not new. It's not, you know, uber innovative. I, I am a nonprofit consultant just like everyone else. But I focused on this direct need and I actually went out and started surveying, you know, philanthropists and entertainers and athletes and asking if I were to provide this service, would it benefit you? And if so, how? And so that part, you know, just serving from a place of compassion and really hearing what my customers really need. And I think the last thing um, is I can take no for an answer but I don't take no very well. And so until I get to a point where I think that no is a solid no, the door has been closed and I need to move on, I really pay attention to why I'm receiving that no to make sure, number one, I've articulated my pitch, my plan and everything else the right way to my audience. Because if not, there may be an opportunity for me to tweak some words, to tweak my proposal, to tweak something else so that they get the point and they don't lose out on an opportunity for me to serve them and to help them allow their organizations or their philanthropic platforms to grow. And I don't miss out on the opportunity to really serve somebody because I didn't hear what they needed. Wow. So that's um, uh, not, not easily not being easily persuaded by what others say or the the word stubbornness and not giving up on what you pursuing what you are passionate about going forward with it the second one is to serve serving in a place of compassion or service you know knowing what what's in it for them for your clients for your customers and the third one is not taking no us for an answer or not really taking no when you know what is know when it is really known or, and then make some changes if you have to. So great personal traits and qualities that uh, Kimberly just shared with us. And the good thing is we all can cultivate and adapt these uh, traits that uh, she shared with us. And we can adapt in not only in our lives in general, but in our business building activity as well. So the first one is the stubbornness or not being easily swayed by what others say and serving in a place of compassion and not taking off for an answer. Great traits there. Now, let's talk about what happened when you started your journey as entrepreneur. You know, as entrepreneurs, we face daily challenges that define our being. And to get through those challenges takes a very special person. And our audience wants to know that special person in you. So what have been your biggest challenges and how have you addressed or overcame those barriers to success that a lot of women entrepreneurs face today? To be quite transparent, I think this conversation honestly has come up quite a bit over the past few weeks when people have been asking me for advice. And so to be transparent, um, the road through entrepreneurship is not easy. It is not, it's not built or made for the, the faint at heart in any way, shape or form. I think the one thing that has really been a stumbling block for me, especially in the very beginning, was being motivated. Um, being motivated to know, to understand, and truly believe that I could do this. Regardless of what was happening, if it was a great day in business, or maybe it wasn't one of my valley moments, you know, it wasn't really one of my shining moments in trying to, to build this business and, and figuring out how to get through some of my mistakes. 
So just being able to stay motivated and number one, understanding that mistakes will happen, but mistakes can be your greatest lessons. To understand that you are going to have many significant high moments, your peaks, but you are definitely going to hit some valleys. And when I hit those valleys, the one thing that my father always reminds me is don't stay in that place. And so what I've learned to do is to accept the fact that I'm in the valley, figure out why I'm in the valley, and then I need to immediately figure out how to get out. And I think those are those are two of the main points that have really helped me to survive over the past three and a half years. Even when business is going great, there are always going to be worries about how do you keep your business growing, <clears throat> going and growing. And, you know, it comes from the transition for those of us that have worked in traditional work environments. We're used to having staff or, or team members to help us get the work done. We know every two weeks we're going to get a check or every week if that's your pay cycle. We know that we're going to have benefits um, and we know that there are going to be a pocket of people to help us get the job done. When you're an entrepreneur, depending on what your financial resources are, you could be potentially the only person. And you are trying to figure out how do you make sure that that revenue continues to come in. And then you're going to also factor in how do we make sure that the benefits that you had in your prior your prior life, you're able to duplicate that during your entrepreneurial journey. And then when those deadlines hit and there are no other team members you know, around you, how do you make sure that you're able to hit those deadlines? How do you manage your time? Managing my time as an entrepreneur has become, it's very different than managing my time as a manager with a staff, you know, under me. And so, you know, I think that we all just need to, as entrepreneurs, especially women entrepreneurs, we need to understand those things are going to happen. And we just have to factor out, factor in how are we going to be able to move forward from that? Wow, great lessons in those challenges that you've shared, you know, being or staying motivated and truly believing that you can do this. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, a lot of entrepreneurs out there can resonate with this because I surely can. I am myself. I mean, there are days, especially in the beginning, to, okay, after one day, oh, I'm so motivated. The following day, I, okay, do I need to do this? You know, things, it will happen. Those emotions, those moments will happen to you. But know that when you have this vision for you and for your business, that will help you get through those uh, um, those ups and downs that uh, Kimberly shared with us. And I love the, the phrase that you've learned from your your father. I mean, not to stay on those valleys too long, but figure out why why you, it happened. And then the most important thing is to figure out how you get out there fast. Don't dwell on those negative. Don't dwell on those down times, uh, down moments. Get, figure out what happened and then get out from it as soon as possible because that will get you your momentum back again. And then also understanding that mistakes happen but yeah i agree mistakes happens and it's part of being business it's failures are part of being business but then we all learn from it so that's a good thing about uh, you know having those or those mistakes that happen you can teach us a lot of things a lot of opportunity a lot of things a lot of lessons so don't sway away from them but embrace them but learn from them so great lessons in those challenges that you've shared that i'm sure a lot of us can relate to so thanks for sharing those 
now let's uh, switch gears for a little bit and talk about work-life balance. You know, being a business owner myself, maintaining a work-life balance is so crucial to overall success in life. Now, the challenge with us entrepreneurs is how to click on and click off and create a work-life balance, particularly if you have a family juggling many roles. So in your life as an entrepreneur, how do you maintain this work-life balance and what are some of the ways that you accomplish this in the areas of your health, your family, your relationships, and your business? I think one of one of the misconceptions in being an entrepreneur is that we have, you know, all of this this free and flexible time. We can work when we want to, uh, and for the majority of us that try to work that way, it really probably doesn't work too well. For me, I realized that, you know, for 10, 15 years, I had, you know, I I was a manager or supervisor for so long in most of my jobs. So I always had staff. And the one thing that I realized on this journey is I at least had to have that one good person. I had to figure out how to financially make sure that I could hire, hire an assistant. Above all else, I needed an assist, an assistant to make sure that I had someone to bounce ideas off of, someone that can handle some of the, you know, the more detailed tasks that would take up too much of my time. And so the first thing that I will offer is over for the past year, year and a half, I have had an assistant. And so from a work-life balance, that has created a, a huge pocket of additional time for me to concentrate on more important strategic things in my business, but also to pay attention and do some of the fun things that I used to do before I started my business. And so I think whatever type of team you need to create, you may not be able to do it on day one, but I think it's important to create some sort of team, even if it's one person, a halftime person, you know, part-time, create the team structure that's going to allow you to get your job done. The second thing that's been very important for me, so I, I, you know, I can run my business from wherever I am. You know, all I need is a computer, internet access, and I'm good to go. So what I realized was working from home really wasn't for me. And, and so I had to commit to getting up and getting out of my house every day, even if I could work from my bed or from my desk in my house. I had to find some place where I could create that traditional work environment um, that worked so well for me when I was working in a traditional work environment. So that's one of my commitments as well. I'll find some place where, whether it's co-working space, the public library, sharing an office with a friend that already has a business location that has extra space, whatever it is that I need to create that professional work environment that I need to get the, to get the job done. And it's important for us to know how our personalities work and what works and what doesn't work. So to be it, so the, the bottom line is to create that structure that truly works for you. But most important out of all of those things is I'm a task manager and Um, I, when I worked professionally for someone else, I worked, you know, 10, 15, 16 hours every single day. I rarely took time off. And if I took a vacation, I probably added a day to what was already a three or four day holiday weekend. So I still wasn't taking time off. And when I left my job, my commitment to myself was to get eight hours of sleep every single night. 
Now, of course, that, you know, I may have to stray away from that if I'm working on an assignment and there's a deadline. Those are the exceptions. But my norm could not be getting four or five max hours of sleep every night and then getting up and doing this all over again. I just don't think entrepreneurs have to work like that. I think we can work way smarter than that. And so my commitment is to give myself, I call it a great eight. I have to work a great eight hours in my business every day, the same way I would do for someone else. And so my day is structured. You know, I itemize everything on a calendar based on time. The night before I identify what deliverables need to happen, what time block is going to happen. And I work from that guide every single day. I check off when something's done. If I need a little bit extra time, um, then I make sure that I'm, I make up for it someplace else. I also use a time clock, a stopwatch. So if I'm allocating an hour for something, I know at the 45 minute mark, I need to be wrapping up because I have 15 minutes for this particular task before I move on to the next thing during the day. And I also, you know, I think as an entrepreneur, we believe we have to take every meeting that is offered to us, whenever that meeting is offered to us, and we don't have any control or we lose control, I should really say, of our schedules. And so for me, I don't do any meetings on Monday or Friday. Monday is the start of my week. Friday is the end of my week. And so I don't do any outside meetings on those days unless it's an absolute emergency. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, I work with all existing clients. So if it's new business, that's all geared towards Wednesday. I also don't do business meetings over lunch or dinner because I think we lose the power, for me anyway, I lose the power of, of the agenda and the power of what we're supposed to be accomplishing during those meetings. So if I'm having a lunch meeting with someone, it's because it's more social than business. And so I've put those types of, of controls in my schedule so that on Mondays and Wednesdays, I already know that more than likely I'm not doing anything other than administrative work and working on projects and I can really stay in my zone. Tuesdays or Thursdays, I'm running around to meetings and having follow-up calls with my existing clients and working on those projects. And on Wednesday, I'm pitching. I, I'm trying to get new business. I'm identifying opportunities to talk to new and different people. So it's allowed me to have this process, even with a small team, my assistant and I have been able to use this process that has really allowed me to see some movement in my business. Um, really, in, in the past three or four months, if I, if I could say, we've, we've noticed that we've had significant accomplishments because we've 100% stuck to that schedule. Wow, lots of uh, tips and uh, what you've just shared. Love that you have shared a lot of those that our listeners can uh, learn from as well. And really big on the first one that you shared about hiring an assistant as soon as you can. Uh, creating a team because it will not only freeze you time to do the things that you love doing in, in your business, but also will free up some of your time to do some other things that you enjoy, like time with the family, time for yourself, really big on that. And then the other one is to uh, have a separate work environment if that's your personality. I mean, some people love to work at home. For me, I love working at home, but I need a separate space wherein when I go inside there, when I go into my, my the room, I know I'm going to be under work mode. And then once I get out from the room, I am in a different 
mode so it's really important to have that sense of separation and when you if you are like kimberly says uh one in the traditional environment find a space a co-working space for example or a, an extra space outside that you can rent out for your business so that would help you being productive as well and the other one that you've shared is being a task manager big on this scheduling and batching i mean i learned batching uh, from my mentor john lee dumas of entrepreneur on fire so like what kimberly shared I schedule things on specific days of the week so that I know exactly what I'm going to be focusing on that day. So try these tips that Kimberly just shared with us and find what works for you. You know, be flexible around your current situation because not all of us are in the same situation as well. But these tips that Kimberly and the rest of our guests here on, on today's Leading Women, really great uh, that we can learn from, great, great tips that they are using in their lives, they are doing in their lives that we all can uh, can learn from and then uh, try them on and, and see which one fits into our current situation. So thank you for sharing those. You're welcome. All right, now let's talk about success and what success means to you. Your business appears to be financially doing quite well and with that success flows into other areas in the entrepreneur's life. Now, we'd like to also say that success is a mindset. I can have $10 in my pocket, but my mind feels like a millionaire. I feel great about myself and I'm moving forward. The opposite way will be a multi-billionaire and be totally miserable. So am I successful? Financially, yes. Individually, probably not. So in your journey as an entrepreneur, what does success mean to you? And what are some of the benchmarks that you use to measure your success? Success for me at my age now looks very different than what success looked like for me 10 years ago. And I think it's important to note that I think we all go through those, you know, we go through these cycles of, understanding what success. So I guess in my 20s, success would probably have looked like, you know, how many educational accomplishments, how many degrees I could, you know, I got. It also looked like how many promotions, you know, I looked at how many promotions I could achieve, you know, and in my 30s, it still looked at, you know, it still looked sort of, I was still looking at the promotional aspects of different opportunities, but I was also looking at what that dollar amount looked like that was attached to those particular opportunities. So what my salary and my benefits looked like, you know, and when I got to close to the end of my thirties is actually when I started my full-time entrepreneurial journey. And honestly, all of that meant nothing. It's, it's so ironic right now. I look at, I have, you know, I have a number of degrees and, and a number of certifications. And I look at those as receipts for tuition now. And, you know, it's just really funny how I look at that. And I look at my my um, professional attainments in my prior life as these opportunities that will at least open doors and have trained me and allowed me to be able to talk to people on all different levels and to be able to articulate what my needs are and really listen to what I'm receiving back. But really what success looks like to me, first it looks like how much time can I spend with my family? You know, family is everything to me. And I sacrificed, you know, you know, over, you know, the beginning part of my career, I sacrificed so much for career and education that family almost became secondary. My love for my family didn't change, but I always made an excuse to work. And I just absolutely won't do that now. Success also looks, you know, of course, it, you look at success um, at the bottom line, what kind of revenue is coming into your business. 
But I also, as an entrepreneur, look at success as how are people receiving my business? You know, how can I position and brand my business? You know, are people talking about my business? Am I part of a relevant conversation as someone that's making a difference in the industry that I'm trying to impact? So if those things aren't happening and it's just the revenue coming in, that revenue can be a short term spike. But it doesn't mean that I'll be relevant in the long term conversation. Um, and, and also about the collaborations. When I sit down and I honestly, because I'm very transparent, I'm very authentic. I think I'm a different kind of leader. I'm a different type of entrepreneur. I think when I sit down and talk to people authentically about collaboration, I can almost feel their heart. I can feel where they're coming from. And so success to me means meaning it means that I'm right about, you know, my discernment about people and what they can offer and that all of my skill sets have allowed me to say this is someone that I need to work with. Um, I think success also looks um, to me. I mentioned earlier in our conversation about blocking out the noise and just really concentrating on what's important to you and what lies ahead for you. I think that success for me has has really kind of been fine-tuned over the past two years. And before, you know, as entrepreneurs, we want to go to every workshop, every conference. We want to learn from every coach and every mentor. But over the past two years, I have really just concentrated on five people. Whether or not these five people are people that I know intimately, I can go up to them, I can ask them to be my mentor or my business coach or people that are more well-known, so I just follow them through social media or through information that they put out. But I found five people that I really follow that offer five different things, and I tweak and pull from them to help me with my business. So I stop following everybody because realistically, that's a lot of noise. And who do you know, you know, how do you follow everyone? And so success has been just really fine-tuning what works for me not jumping on the bandwagon because it's popular or it works for everyone else, um, but that it works for me and it's going to help to propel me to the next stage in my business where I want to be. Wow. So success, I agree with you that success goes on cycles, depending on where we are, where our life is at that moment. So how we measure our success is really, it changes. But yes, I agree with you. The bottom line is at the end of the day, what really fulfills us or what really makes us happy is knowing that what we're putting out there is impacting other people's lives. You know, the value that we're providing, the product or services that we are putting out there is impacting uh, other people's lives are making a difference in our customers' lives, and it's all. And also, you touched about the personal as well as the business side of of your of success to you, which is finding time or having those uh, spending the time, quality time with your family and your loved ones. I I'm sure a lot of our listeners are wrestling with this because I that was one of my big one of the biggest driving force for me to be able to spend time with my family and also of course we have financial metrics that we have to achieve being in business but what i'm sure that a lot of our listeners can relate to this that at the end of the day what really makes us happy is that the intangible benefits of being in business is the one that it is truly is what success is i mean if you know that what you are putting out there is impacting other people's lives you are contributing to other people's lives you are making you're impacting something you're doing something out there that's the true essence of success as well for me 
Before we get to the highlight of our show, let's thank our sponsor. Podcast your passion. Yes, did you know you can podcast your passion, make a difference, and make money talking about what you love talking about? That's how I get to do what I'm doing, talking to wonderful women every day here at Today's Leading Women. Want to learn how I did it? Go to podcastyourpassion.com. That's www.podcastyourpassion.com. All right, now let's talk about one of the highlights of our show, and that's your advice for other entrepreneurs and those aspiring to be. You obviously got some lessons learned under your belt of experience, so take it back to the past. Say you're going to start all over again as an entrepreneur, and you are in a class with other entrepreneurs who are hungry and thirsty for success or even for making that first buck. What types of special suggestions or advice and lessons that you learned would you give your fellow entrepreneurs knowing where you came from and where you headed at? And if you can boil them down to your top three tips or advice, what would those three be? I think my first tip would, would be what I think you hear from a lot of people. Understand your why for doing this and make sure that why is beyond I just want to be rich. Because when um, the revenue is not coming in as quickly as you would hope that it would come in, you need to really understand why you're there. And there has to be something that motivates you to, to help to push you forward to the next step to get past whatever hump you're on. I think the second thing is to be a servant leader first. It doesn't mean you need to be weak or or give in, but it does mean that you need to understand your environment and you need to be a great and effective leader in order to run your business. I think sometimes we we assume a leader, you know, is in government or a leader is in nonprofit, the nonprofit world. Leaders run businesses. Leaders build businesses and they build businesses beyond you know, our high dollar CEOs throughout the country and throughout the world. Our everyday small business owner should be an effective leader. And so um, I, I always say from a recommendation standpoint, there's a book called The Servant Leader by James Autry. I think it's a great book for anyone who is in a position of power to read, to really just understand basics of who you need to be, how to really build your team if you have one, how do you develop morale amongst your team members, and how do you just, you know, how do you how do you win in your business? How do you make your business su- succeed? I think it's a great read. I read it so many years ago. I go back to it. It's highlighted. It's ripped up. It's torn. It's tattered. It's all kinds of things, but it's such a great resource. So, you know, I, I just want to reiterate, be a servant leader first before you are the entrepreneur and the business owner. And the third thing um, that I want to offer to women specifically is whoever you are, be that person at all times. I think sometimes we hear that women should not be emotional. Well, you know, biologically, that's who we are. We are emotional. We are the emotional creatures on earth. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, Because when we try to be somebody or something other than what we are, we go away from who we authentically are. And so whomever you need to be, be that person. 
but be that person and be tough and true to it and carry out and make sure that you're achieving your your goals and your you have some concrete deliverables. But I think what I see a lot of people doing is they try to recreate themselves and they pattern themselves after somebody that's mentoring them or they pattern themselves after, uh, you know, a high dollar, you know, um, business person that they see in the media and they absolutely lose sight of who they are, what they are trying to do, and they lose their why. And so whomever you are as a woman, be her, be her confidently, be her with, be her unapologetically. And if you have to go in a room and cry about something that has gone horribly wrong, trust and believe it's okay because men do it too. We just don't see it. So be yourself, be a woman and embrace that and use that to your advantage. Because I tell you a lot of decisions that I make are very tough decisions, but I never lose sight of who I am as a woman when I make those decisions. And so that's, that's what I, you know, I just, we have a lot of discussions on how women are supposed to be. And there's always this talk about, you know, womenpreneur and, and how we're supposed to act. And my, my, my honest advice is just be you, be who you are at all times and you will be able to run your business. Wow, lots of golden nuggets and takeaways with what you've shared. I mean, really big on those. So the first one is understanding your why and make sure that it is beyond the money, beyond the, the tangible benefits of being in business. The second one to be a servant leader first. And then the third one is to be who you are and embrace who you really are. Great uh, business tips and advice that uh, Kimberly just shared with us so we can all take action on today. So thank you for sharing those. You're now, welcome. You shared with us uh, a great uh, book, The Servant Leader. I'll make sure to have that on our show notes as well. But what's one favorite business resource or a tool that you use in your business that's radically changing the way to business and that which you can share our listeners with? I follow... Um the barefoot spirit. Um, they are, and I, and I honestly, I think you may have highlighted them on one of your shows before, but they are, um, the barefoot spirit. If you follow them on, um, social media, and also there's a book called the barefoot spirit. It, it is actually written by the authors of, um, the, the, it's written by the founders, I should say of barefoot wine. America's number one selling wine brand. And so um, there are so, although I'm not in the wine industry or anything like that, there are so many business nuggets throughout their book, throughout their blog, and that they post throughout social media that has, it has helped me tremendously from simple things as what should a logo look like and how should a logo, you know, just tips that they've learned along the way. They've packaged it and it's, easily it's easy to understand and so if i if i any if you're looking for something that's an easy read um or blog that's easy to follow if you are active on social media follow the founders of barefoot wine and and their resource is called the barefoot spirit you will not go wrong um following them at all 
Yes, and the Barefoot Spirit founder, um, Bonnie Harvey, we had her yes. as a guest on our show. So if you, you can listen to our interview with her at uh, todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash Bonnie Harvey to listen for the interview. Yeah, she has a ton of uh, experience and lessons that she shared with us as an entrepreneur. Lots of great lessons and tips on their blog and, of course, her book, The Barefoot Spirit. So, yes, I highly recommend that one as well. All right, Kimberly, in my mind, you are a superhero, or shall I say superheroine, because you have done this, you have done that. But you've also experienced a lot of challenges that our listeners definitely relate. So if you were a superhero or superheroine, who do you want to be and why? And it doesn't have to be a cartoon character, but can be someone that you admire and look up to. Wow. Um, it, it, that's a hard question, but... You know, as as a child of the 70s who grew up in the 80s, you know, I'm going to always go right back to Wonder Woman. Yes. (laughs) And um, because Wonder Woman just always made things happen. Right. She always saved the day. She used her her bangle bracelets and she fought off, you know, all kinds of bullets that were coming her way. She used her lasso to, you know, to rope people up and get them out of her way. You know, she was just, you know, as a little girl, she just personified all things that we could really, really get done. And so if I had to pick a traditional superhero, I would definitely pick pick Wonder Woman. But there is a businesswoman that I am absolutely, you know, fascinated by. Um, and her name is Sheila Johnson. And she's a philanthropist. She is the a part owner of several professional athlete team, um, athlete professional sports organizations um, in the Washington D.C. area. She has she owns hotel resorts. She is a true businesswoman. And but the one thing that I see when when I pay attention to what Miss Johnson is doing is that her life does not center around one thing. Or one thing only. When you hear her, you know, through interviews or read articles about her, you always hear a piece about family. You hear different pieces about the different aspects and the different revenue sources that she has under her brand. But you also hear about the service and her commitment to social change and, and philanthropic works. And so as a businesswoman, that is someone that I aspire to be like. That, you know, it's this full spectrum of being an, uh, you know, a woman, a womanpreneur, entrepreneur. It's just not building my business. It's about building my life. It's about how all of these things, you know, kind of melt together and create the life that I'm living. Not this one thing that catapults my life and then I figure out how to do everything else. Because if that were the case, I need to go back to a traditional job because that was working very well in that environment. But Sheila Johnson is, is someone that I think, if you're if you're not if the listeners are not familiar with her, um, to just to read up on her a little bit and just be inspired and and to study her a little bit and to understand how the different pieces actually move independently, but then also pay attention to how they work together as well. Uh, so Sheila Johnson, what an inspiration she is and what a role model. I'm definitely going to be checking her out as well. 
Last but not the least, Kimberly, share our listeners what's one big benefit that they can get with your product or your service and where they can get it and what's the best way that they can connect with you and then we'll end from there. Okay. So I'll answer the last question first. Um, I can, my company is called, again, it's called The Giving Blueprint and our website is givingblueprint.com and we are on social media. Um, at Giving Blueprint everywhere. And uh, for me personally, I do a lot of leadership training outside of the Giving Blueprint. And so I can be found throughout social media, Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, at Just Kim Online. Um, and then my website is KimberlyO'Neill.com. All right. So that's givingblueprint.com and kimberlyoneal.com. And from there, you can uh, connect with her through her social media uh, for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and those things. Again, that link is givingblueprint.com and kimberlyoneal.com. And by the way, for our listeners out there, all of these resources and the links that are mentioned in today's podcast will be made available in a beautiful infographic show notes at Today's leadingwomen.com forward slash Kimberly O'Neill or just type in her name on the search bar and it will find it for you. Again, those links are givingblueprint.com and kimberlyoneill.com. Kimberly, thank you so much for being so generous in sharing your time and your inspiring story, your expertise, for being a role model to many and for bringing such a positive energy with our listeners today. Women of the world, including me, appreciate you and wish you more success in business and in your life. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me this time to to spread my message. If if there's one thing that um, the takeaway that I hope that everyone gets from me today, um, not just beyond entrepreneurship, but because of my heart's work and my work through the Giving Blueprint The one thing that I hope that every business owner walks away with today is that service should be a part of your business. And when you are creating your business plan, as my mentor says, if service is not part of it, you need to go back to your plan and start all over. This is our responsibility um, and service to others and throughout these nonprofit organizations and charitable giving community. We're helping people and causes that really need our help. And no matter how big or small, you can make an impact in our world. Well said. So service should be a part of your business. Great uh, phrase to end that one. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. And thank you again. I appreciate your time. This was fun. All right, TLW listeners, did you love this episode? Here's your chance to recommend or vote for your favorite today's leading woman. Here's how to do it. Step number one. After you listen to this episode, go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Step number two. Click the rate and review button. Step number three. Say that you love listening to today's Leading Women podcast. Step number four. Type in the name of your favorite today's leading woman. Example, Cheryl Sandberg of Facebook, Ariana Huffington of Huffington Post, Oprah of Oprah Winfrey Network. You get it, right? Step number five, type your first name and where you are listening from. Every day, I will personally go through all of your ratings and reviews and scour the names of your favorite today's leading women. You will get to be featured as 
TLW fan of the day with your name and where you're listening from. And you'll be the first one to get notified when your favorite today's leading woman is featured on the show. Fair enough? Awesome. Go to todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. That's www.todaysleadingwomen.com forward slash my iTunes. Feeling inspired and empowered to make it happen? Then take the next step and go get your free guide to the top 10 resources that today's leading women use to stay at the top of their game, plus Marie's favorite today. Visit todaysleadingwomen.com slash guide for your free download, and we'll see you on the next episode of Today's Leading Women with Marie Grace Berg.